Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and I'm joined here by my co-host and star of this show, Tanner D'Agostino. And as you heard from the song, this is the sauce right here. We're in championship weekend this weekend for college football. We promised to bring you guys some more college athletics. So we are in our third show, Tanner? Uh, Yeah, third show, I think. Third show. We'll be addressing the fourth now college football playoff committee uh, poll that they put out last week. And But before we get to the, the meat and potatoes of the show... Just want to thank our audience, 60,000-plus subscribers. Thanks for your support. You know what to do. Five stars. Write some comments because we have two battle analytics of the podcast world just like they do in Major League Baseball and apparently with the College Football Playoff Committee. Uh, they, they like to eliminate thinking as well. Uh, but also want to thank Blackout Coffee, Be Awake, Not Woke. At checkout, use DAVID, all capital letters, with the number 20 after it. You'll get 20% off. You'll get an additional code after that to get 15% off in perpetuity. Uh, they're great, great to have friends that love sports, that love coffee, and certainly love to give us discounts. We'll take them in any time. And uh, one of our most faithful listeners, Ted Kubiak, if you guys are looking for a, a stocking stuffer for your baseball fan out there, Old School by Ted Kubiak, former shortstop, three-time world champion with the Oakland A's, wonderful book chronicles what he believes has happened to his his game with baseball. There's also an additional book that he's he's put out on how to field a baseball we have it in our library. We use it as almost a, a Bible, not to be sacrilegious, in terms of how we teach fielding totally different than what you're seeing out there on YouTube or any of the other mediums. Um, Ted was one of the smoothest fielders of, uh, of all time, and, and you heard Jim Cott in our show, Cott's Corner, said they nicknamed him Smooth out there the way he went after the ball, just a different rhythm. So he teaches his tricks there. And then he's going to come out with a children's book in January, so let's make sure we're aware of that. He'll come and announce that on our show as well. So Think about that for the stocking stuffer. And with that, for the that was the preamble. But Tanner, welcome back to your show. Thank you. I'm enjoying doing it. I'm excited for the third episode. Yep. You, we said you're on one-day contract. So far, so good. You made it through three shows right here. Uh, we had some uh, social media battles with Paul Feinbaum and Joel Klatt this week, two of the big names in the college football, uh, as, I guess as college football pundits would go. Uh, we disagree with them on many fronts. Obviously, Feinbaum is an SEC homer and can't imagine uh, a playoff without at least two SEC teams in there. And, you know, 13 of the last 17 national championships have come from the SEC. So there's some credence to the fact that they're a a dominant conference. And then, of course, Klatt believes that when all this confusion is going on right now with the committee, that they should add more variables to decisions. And we kind of disagree with that as well. So we'll get to that in a minute. Or do you want to start with your disagreement with Feinbaum and Klatt right away? Uh. Let's start. Let's start with the Clat thing. Okay. So, you had hit on it. Uh, Clat seems to think that you need to add more variables when you want to make something less confusing. You gotta take away the variables. The more things happen, the more confusion, more variables. That sounds like an interesting concept. You must have learned that from somebody extremely intelligent. Who'd you pick that up from? Uh, I picked it up from you. Oh, someone okay. very intelligent. I've got him in a headlock right now, making him say that. But yeah, no, I agree with you. When when confusion happens, reduce variables, and then. 
But with that now, you've got to make decisions. And I don't think that the committee has, has proven themselves to, to make decisions. We'll get we'll get to your opinion on the committee as a whole in a minute. But Feinbaum, uh, where do you sit with Feinbaum? He obviously hates Michigan. And just for disclosure, we're an audio show. Uh, you kind of get an idea of some of Tanner's predictions. He's sitting here with his Air Jordan Michigan hat on. And uh, the, uh, the shirt today is a Bo Nix jersey. It's an Auburn jersey. So when he was an Auburn quarterback, if you don't remember, but kind of get a prelude to where Tanner's head is at right there. Michigan hat. And of those of you that saw the preview to the show, that was Tanner dressed as Jim Harbaugh. Gosh, it must have been probably six, seven years ago um, when you did that. So, okay, let's get to the schedule now. We've got, um, you wrote the schedule out for me. You got Washington, Oregon tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern. Uh, tomorrow day starts off with, I believe, Florida State, Louisville at noon. Then Georgia, Alabama at 4. Texas, Oklahoma, I think is midday as well. And then you have Michigan, Iowa in the nightcap. Um, you know, when we look at the SEC, Tanner, the Alabama, an Alabama loss definitely hurts Texas because the committee does uh, look at head-to-head, correct? Uh, yes, it does, yeah. Yep. Uh, Oregon looks to be a big favorite tonight, plus nine. One of those teams, we believe, is is top three. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Oregon's really good, yeah. Yeah, we, we both like them. And Florida State, Louisville. Uh, Louisville lost last weekend to Kentucky. Uh, two basketball schools banging it out. But Florida State comes in undefeated without their quarterback. We, we kind of think we got to take a look at that Florida State-Texas resume. We'll get to some of the resumes later. And then, of course, Texas-Oklahoma State. Do, do, do you think it hurts at all that Oklahoma's not in the finals against Texas instead of Oklahoma State? I think it does. I think look at Oregon-Washington. Oregon has a chance to avenge their only loss. They could look at that and say Oregon's now the better team. With Texas, you can't really do that. However, I don't think it's not going to eliminate them, but it will hurt them a little bit. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I don't like this show. We're agreeing on three topics right away. Um, I think we'll, we'll, we'll hit a bang later on. So when we, we look at the top 10 right now, we're going to talk a lot about the top 10. And and you got on me before the show. I guess this is where we're going to disagree. I tend to be focused on the top 10, but you're seeing something on the bottom end of this that you think is equally important, the bottom end of the ranking. So go, go further with that. Well, with the bottom end, it directly affects the top end. Look at Oregon and Georgia. Oregon's one of their best wins is Utah. They're not even in the top twenty-five, and uh, Georgia's one of their big wins is Tennessee. They're in the top twenty-five. That directly affects, and there isn't really no difference between number twenty-one and like number twenty-seven or number thirty. It's that, but it directly affects. They look at top twenty-five wins as a big thing, but the difference between twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, forty isn't really that big. Yeah, so with the SEC having, what do they have, five teams in the top 25? Yeah, I think so. And then Utah, I mean, are they a top 30 program, top 35? I mean, still, they're still a good program. They've had some successful wins in their own right, and they're they're very good. Uh, Utah, if anybody's watched Utah, they've had injuries this year, but their defense is, is phenomenal, and their head coach is one of the best in the business. Um, but that Utah win no longer positively affects Pac-12 schools. No, it doesn't. Okay, so, you, so you, the back end, I guess that's right. Is there a difference in your mind between 25 and 40? Not a big one, no. I'm sure there is a little bit of a difference. I'm sure 25 might be 30, 40, but I don't think it's a big difference. I don't think it's worth that big of a prop-up to what they do to the top 10 and the top 5. I don't I don't see it. So we've explored those things. We've picked apart the committee a little bit. Um, you, you, uh, you know that I went through the mock committee a few years ago when they started this just to kind of see what it was like. I was asked to give my opinion on it. Uh, I, you know, I, I kind of agree with you that there were parameters that were set up that, uh, that we're going to kind of challenge right now. 
uh, you know, and I think one of the things was deserving versus best. That's a key, key word. Uh, you're going to point out some other topics. I don't want to spoil your punchlines here, but um, we'll get to the deserving versus the best four because they, 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 they hammer that it's supposed to be the best four. They hammer that strength of schedule is important, but we've seen otherwise. So I'm going to give you, we're going to play a little word uh, analogy here. College football playoff committee. Give me one word in your mind that describes the college football playoff committee. I inconsistent would Ooh. be the word I, I would say. And that that word is also negative in the eighth grade world as, as it is in the adult world, right? Inconsistent. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, just checking on you there. So, d- explain what you mean inconsistent um, with with the committee here. So um, they tell they tell you they value strength of schedule, strength of record. That's those are the two things they told you they value, but they don't. They only they pick and choose when they value it. They pick and choose when they value the eye test. They, they reward zero losses mostly. That's their big thing. They at one point they had teams. They they separate it by no losses, one losses, two losses, and they really reward zero losses. It's kind of inconsistent when they what they reward and when they reward it. Yeah, it's a nice, a more polite word for lazy. They and uh, non confrontational. They didn't. They didn't want to make any tough decisions early. They said it's about the best teams. They said it was about strength of schedule. But, you know, look at a one-loss Alabama. They lost to Texas game one in Alabama. Now, a loss for either one of those teams is detrimental the first game of the year. Yeah. But arguably now Texas has what's thought to be maybe outside of the Michigan-Ohio State win. That's a one of the better wins, resume wins in the country right now. But if Alabama had not played that game, where would we see Alabama right now in the rankings? At least top three. They would not be anywhere lower than top three, I would say. Yeah. And right now, uh, our top ten. Read our top ten for our audience. Not not our top ten, but... The top ten? Yeah, the top ten. So, number one is Georgia. Two is Michigan. Three is Washington. Four is Florida State. Five is Oregon. Six is Ohio State. Seven is Texas. Eight is Alabama. Nine is Missouri. And ten is Penn State. Now, that's, that's the committees. Do you want to read your top... Just read your top eight, because that's really all we're going to work with right now, just so the audience can get a an idea of the different, uh, where your mindset is with, you know, where where, you, where you're coming from, I guess I should say. Well, my number one team is Michigan. I think they've proven themselves when it comes to strength of schedule and record. Now, and- based, based on the analytics you gave me, Michigan, according to the committee's analytics, has a better strength of record or schedule than Georgia? Both. both. They have be- better both. Uh, number two, I have Georgia. They've won 29 straight games. Uh, people say that they should be number one because back-to-back, but I like to look at this year because that's what the rankings are for. Oregon is number three, in my opinion. Uh, when it, I know Washington beat them, but I think Oregon is better now, and I think they will beat them this week. Uh, Washington is number four. Um, Washington scores a lot. I think they will lose to Oregon this week because I just think Oregon is so much better than they were, and I think there were some – Questionable fourth down, go for it. That's Dan Lanning style, but I think they're going to win this week. Texas, I think, is five. I think they have pretty good strength of schedule, pretty good strength of record. I think they will win the Big 12 this week. I think uh, Texas is one of the best five teams in the country. Six is Ohio State. I think that they are still one of the best six teams. I think their defense is incredible. Great defense. Their quarterback is... A little shaky, two interceptions, but he didn't play bad. He played well. He's getting better. He's getting better each week. Marvin Harrison is still the best player in the country, most likely. And then number seven, I have Alabama. I think uh, not to 
I think they're one of the best seven teams in the country. I think their defense is great. I think their quarterback is taking leaps forward. I think he's going to have a great game against Georgia this week. And the number eight is Florida State. I Their backup quarterback, the reason they were so good is because they had their quarterback, Jordan Travis, and you saw them score, what, 24 points? And I don't even think it was 24. It was, the, the score was not indicative to the game. Um, Florida State is not one of the four best teams. I don't think they're – I haven't seen whether it comes to strength of schedule, strength of record, eye test, and their best player is gone. I don't, I don't know. Well, there's there's a big so the biggest thing I want you to tell me where you're you've got Florida State eight, the committee has them at four. They've had them they had them as high as three, and then bumped them down to four. A win made them get worse in the committee's eyes. Um, they have not penalized them for having the quarterback out, but they will they have them they have said that that is a factor in years past. That when you're losing, Michigan had it happen to them last year. They lost their Blake Corum. That was a factor in where they were ranked. Um, what is the biggest, I guess, concept issue that you have with the committee that um, you're, you're – they're saying one thing and doing the other. It goes back to the inconsistency of what they're saying. Well, when they say – the point of the committee is to get the four best teams in the in the country into the playoff, and that's what they say they're doing. But what they're doing is giving the most deserving the shot. Like Florida State, they're saying they deserve to be in there because they're undefeated, but they're not one of the best four teams. I think there's seven teams better than them that have shown that they're better than them, playing better opponents, looking better against those better opponents. But when it comes to deserving versus best, they usually go more more deserving. Look at Cincinnati a couple years ago. Look at TCU last year. It's usually more deserving over best. Yeah, so they'll, they'll side with that. They Now, in, in their rules, when I went through this mock thing a couple years ago, um, they flat out say it's about the best four, try to get the best four. And all evidence to the contrary, I, I believe anyway, With uh, no matter what they use. Strength of schedules, thanks to record, it doesn't match up with how they're deciding. They are. They do seem to be rewarding head-to-head now, and we're going to get into that with the chaos. Um, it's going to test their consistency with that theory as well, because right now Texas has been ahead of Alabama, but we're going to have a, a, a theory where if Alabama happens to beat Georgia, what are they going to do? How, you know, We won't get to that right now. But So I, I like that there. My, I guess my next question with, with you is, with the discrepancies we've seen in the committee, now again we haven't sat on it officially. I've gone through the mock stuff. You're on this stuff nonstop all day long, barking at everybody on social. But uh, the makeup of committee, do you see an issue with the makeup of the committee? Well, it's all athletic directors, and it's all uh, there are two former coaches, I think. But I think it's mostly athletic directors, and uh, yeah, it's, I think it's mostly athletic directors. Do you, ha- you do you have the exact makeup, or would just we'll just generalize? It is. It's 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 several athletic directors, a couple former players, a uh, couple former coaches. But the, the I guess the premise is these people have jobs. Their their function in the world is not the college playoff committee. That's not what they wake up every day thinking about. They have other jobs in the sports world. And I guess the question you have, you had asked me about watching tape. Like, how many of these guys have time to, or have the aptitude to watch tape? Uh, none, none of them either have the time or the aptitude to, I think, and they benefit financially from where other teams are ranked. They do when I think their team, they're ranking their team and voting on their team or whatever they do. They make the person who's uh, affiliated with that team leave the room, but they still benefit financially from where other teams are ranked and where they're ranked. So I don't, I think it, there's a makeup problem with it. I think they're, I, I don't know what, 
they uh their uh well, just, just makeup be, is just because they, they have to leave the room when they're being voted about they still can have an impact so i guess if i'm saying it right they benefit financially the, the ad's do anyway from how this all shapes out it's big money tv big bowl money um i like that so in the absence of aptitude what are the, what are the things you think they're clinging to uh, the legislation and the rules, I think. And, and uh, you know, and what's your problem with that? Why, why do you have, are you an anarchist? You, you don't like legislation. You don't like rules. What, what do those things in your mind cause an issue with? What is- well, it prevents thinking. It prevents original thoughts. It prevents opinions. And that's really what the whole point of the committee is, is to get different opinions, different teams in. It's supposed to be the four best teams. They do the deserving and they, they play it as safe as possible usually. No, that's a, that's a fair argument, I think. And, and we see that in uh, baseball. We talk about the over-legislation of baseball. And, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff creates drones. And our world today is not designed to promote thinking. God forbid they have an original thought. Uh, but I think you brought out some good points with the committee right here. So do you want to get to, we're going to present the, the audience with four chaos theories. We're going to test your ability to think. So you don't have any rules. And we're going to see how you, you break through it. We're going to give if this happens now, we'll prevent a chaos theory. I'm going to provide a problem. And then Tanner's going to tell me what would have to happen for that to fit, uh, for that to work. And he's going to give the synopsis for the committee and then he's going to give yours, correct? Yeah. Okay. So if we got that right, I'm going to create a chaos problem. Tanner's going to tell me, I'll create a problem. Tanner's going to tell me what chaos would have to happen and then how that would shape up with the committee and how that would shape up with him. So, Basically, the committee's at the forefront with this. We're going to chaos that would happen, and you're going to give what you think the committee would do. Then you're going to tell me what you would do. Okay? So first chaos theory. Tell me a scenario, because it sounds like you don't think Florida State should get in, um, even with a win, maybe. Um, so with the – tell me what would happen if all the favorites win. So the favorites being – you know, Oregon is a favorite, even though they're – they're uh, one loss and behind Washington. So, so give me us, give me what happens if all the favorites win. And if I, I need to read them out, Oregon, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Texas are the favorites we're talking about here. What what would happen if all the favorites win? Well, if all the favorites win, with the committee will do. They'll keep Georgia one. They'll keep Michigan two. They'll still keep it as same. I think they'll keep Georgia one. I think they'll stay Michigan two. I believe. I think they'll slide Florida State up to avoid controversy to avoid any uh, uh con- controversy as i said and i think they'll slide oregon in that four spot because oregon is the favorite i think they slide them in you get an oregon georgia matchup the only thing i would say that maybe it would prevent that is if they won an old school uh rose bowl with a big 10 champion and a pac-12 champion because yeah. it is the rose bowl and they won an old school sugar bowl with a georgia sec team and act team yeah, and then I think that'll be their rationale. But I, I think honestly, I think the committee's smart enough to realize that Florida State's probably the weakest of the four, and they don't want to have a. They'll, they'll give Florida State Georgia a matchup to reward the number one seed too. So it works. They can use that as an excuse, which is a wonderful excuse. I would love to see the Michigan Oregon matchup as well, but I wouldn't mind seeing Kirby Smart go against his old defensive coordinator there at Oregon and, and watch them battle though. So that's if all the favorites win. And uh, you're saying the committee would f- put Florida State in at either three or four. I like your put them at four with the rationale with Oregon, Oregon jumping them. Okay, what would be, if all the favorites win, what would be your four? My four, I would I, I believe 
strongly that Michigan is the number one team in the country. That wouldn't change with a win. Um, Georgia would stay at number two for me. That wouldn't change with a win either. Um, I don't know where their strength of record would go or their strength of schedule would go, but I think Michigan has the more impressive win in that case. Um, three, I would put Oregon in at three. I would like to see – I think Oregon is the third best team in the country even right now, so that wouldn't change with a win. And I think number the fourth best team would be Texas. I think they're a conference power five conference champion with a pretty good strength of schedule, pretty good strength of record. Their one loss was a, a rivalry game, the Red River Red River rivalry game against Oklahoma. Yeah, that that was a that's a tough game to win, and Oklahoma is not a bad team to lose to. So no former defensive coordinator from Clemson, they're doing a great job at Oklahoma. So now next year Texas is going to the SEC. Uh, yes. Oregon, are they going to the SEC? They're going to the Big Ten. So that's a Big Ten SEC Final Four if you want to get you know nitpicky about it uh, with it. So your difference would be Texas over Florida State uh, rewarding a one-loss Big 12 champion as opposed to an undefeated ACC champion. So I, I tend to agree with you there. So, okay, I'm going to give you a chaos theory number two here. Um, what if all those same favorites win? So Oregon wins, Michigan wins, Florida State wins, Texas wins also – but we have a flip in the Alabama game. Alabama beats Georgia. Uh, what would the committee's final four look like in your mind there? Well, with the committee, I think they would slide Michigan up to number one in the country. I think I don't really think there's a debate. If Georgia loses, they got to slide up to one. Uh, number two, I think they would move Oregon up to number two They would because there's a lot of teams that lost, I think, that Oregon would slide up to number two. Yeah, because they're number three in your other theory where everybody was. So you would just be removing Georgia from your your original one, sliding them down, and, and bumping Oregon up another spot there. So Oregon's two for you. Uh, number three, I think they would put Alabama in. I think you, I mean, in my opinion, they should put Alabama in. That's the one-loss SEC champion would be in in that case. I think they should be in in that case. Undefeated in the SEC, by the way. Yeah. And then number four, what I think they'll do is I think they'll put Georgia in. I think they'll look at the 29 straight wins after or before the loss. I think they'll point to the two national champions they have. And Texas is not in there. I do not think that they will reward Texas for beating them. I think they'll say, um, wrongfully, I think they'll say that they are they, they got a lot better. It's week one of the season. They were way be- They were way worse in that case. Texas hasn't looked as good as what they'll say. I think you got to reward head to head, but I don't. I don't think the committee will do that. Well, I tell you what, I, I disagree with you on that one. I think the committee, and, and I, I do think they've kind of pigeonholed Texas. But if they're going to go, if they're going to put Georgia in, um, you know, they they lost the head to head to Alabama. They have been rewarding head to head in the simple terms. That's the path of least resistance for me. Where if they're going to keep Florida State out, which again I, I think they they still may. Oh, Florida. Florida State would have won, but you think they'll keep them out there? I think that's the perfect excuse to keep them out of the top four. So an, an Alabama win is, is gives the committee a reprieve to not include Florida State. So they're probably hoping for an Alabama win. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good to know. We'll look at that. I tend to think that Texas would replace Oregon if they're going to do the head-to-head, right? Because Texas beat Alabama. Alabama beat Georgia. They can justify that. And that's what they're looking for. They want plausible deniability and again you go back to the non not not willing to think but i agree with you too i think michigan georgia oregon regardless what happens tomorrow those are three of the best four teams in the country uh the fourth one you know i could go texas i go out we'll get to that in a minute but 
So the, your the final, you think the committee will do Michigan, Oregon, Alabama, Georgia in that order? It eliminates a, you know, SEC first round game, obviously with Alabama and Georgia, if they were to, to stagger that. But it does put Michigan. I mean, in my opinion, that's the two best teams in the country playing in the first round. That may be a little bit of a handicap mm-hmm. for for uh, for Michigan. So, what would be your final four again? The favorites win. The only thing we flip flop was Alabama beats Georgia. Yeah, um, I think Michigan. To me, Michigan's number one. That would not change, especially with the Georgia loss and the Michigan win. Um, I I think Oregon is number three right now. I think if Georgia loses, they should slide up to two. I think they will. For me, they slide up to two. Um, I think I I think Texas beat Alabama. They should be ahead of Alabama for the rest of the season unless they rematch and Alabama beats them, which is not going to happen unless they meet in the championship. But Texas, I think, at number three for me because they beat Alabama. They beat the SEC champion, meaning they're better than the SEC champion. I think that Texas, for me, would be number three. And I think you got to have the SEC champion in there, the one-loss SEC champion, Alabama. Their only loss is to Texas, who's in number would be to me number three in the country. I think Alabama at number four would be pretty good. So your your scenario, you have Georgia out. There's never there's never been an SC there's never been a team I should say that's gone from number one to out of the picture because of the championship they lost. You're aware of that, right? I am, yeah. Okay, but I I, I tend to agree. If they're going to drag Alabama in, Texas got to be in with them because that's deserved. Mm-hmm. They they beat the game uh, or they beat them head to head in the game. I would love to see, which, you know, you look at, take a look at the Big Ten. Michigan's playing Iowa. Nobody's even talked about that being a possible upset. Iowa's without their starting quarterback. They can barely score 10 points a game. Now, you never know on any given on any given Saturday, we should say. But I'd love to see them do away with this uh, divisions if they're going to play a conference champion and just put the best two teams in, kind of like they did in the Pac-12, right? They got against the last year, but they finally got smart in the last couple of years. They got rid of it. Now you got the two best teams playing for the championship, regardless of division. So, um, yeah, I uh, I think this is kind of it. A- it adds to the the silliness of it. I do understand the prestige of the, the conference championship, but I mean, why not just eliminate this weekend and put you know like they're going to do in the future, put twelve teams in, and, and now you roll with it. So okay, so we we've got your scenario. They've got Georgia in. You've got Texas in that place. If there is an Alabama upset, you think that's the committee's crutch to get rid of Florida State, Alabama wins. I do think so, yeah. Okay. I like that thought here. So third one now. Uh, you get wins by Michigan, Georgia, and Washington. Losses by Florida State, Texas, Alabama, and Oregon. So obviously if those teams win. So Michigan, Georgia, Washington win. Obviously Alabama and Oregon lose. But Texas and Florida State get upset in their title, so Big 12 ACC. I'm thinking you got OHIO somewhere in here now we haven't talked about. Well, for the committee, I think they uh, they start with Georgia. Well, all the top three teams won, so there's no reason to change that. Correct. And then at four spot, number five loss, number seven loss, number eight loss. So you can't put Missouri in the top four. You can't put Penn State in the top four. Louisville? No, you can't jump Louisville with the two losses from 14 to 4. Uh, that doesn't make much sense. I think that's really the only way Ohio State slides into the fourth spot. So your your last scenario gave the committee the only way you think the committee will push Florida State out, um, other than if they lose, you know, if they win. 
So, but this one right here has a scenario where Ohio State still has a breathing chance. And that's again, if if you believe if if Florida State loses, Texas loses, and obviously the first the top three in the rankings hold their own and win, you think uh, Ohio State slides into the fourth spot with the committee. Now I wouldn't be upset watching that final four. I do think Oregon's better than Washington, but if Washington wins, then they go back to deserving versus better. But again, Washington would have beaten them twice in a year, so they've proven they're better twice. Okay, I like that there. So your your final four in that case would be would it be any different? It, it would be slightly different because I do think Michigan is the number one team in the country. Although, everything out, and then you, you just swap Michigan and Georgia, and that's basically the same thing as what I think the committee will do. But what that does have is that has a Michigan-Ohio State first round, which they're not going to do. So I think but Michigan 1, Georgia 2, Washington 3, Ohio State 4 would be my top four next. Yeah, so you're not worried about the, the sensitivity of a matchup in your rankings. You're not worried about who people are going to say is more deserving. Uh, you, you're not worried about, you know, patting people or, you know, wiping their tears away. But you're picking the best four. Yeah. Based on, okay, so that's okay. You can do that. You have permission. We'll deal with them. I, I'm sure the world would love to see another Michigan-Ohio State uh, brawl right there. Georgia-Washington opposing styles. That would be an interesting game as well. I personally would love to see Ohio State match up against Georgia and see if they're any any different than last year. That's the, they, they matched up last year, right? Yeah. Okay. Georgia, they had a the clock hit midnight on New Year's Day, and then he kicked it and then just missed. So if that kick goes in, Ohio State's in the national championship and they probably win it. Yeah, and that's after a loss to Michigan last year as well. So yeah. okay, so we've got one more scenario. Um, we've got let's see, Alabama. So Washington, uh, Oregon, and Alabama losing. So that means Michigan would beat Iowa. Florida State would beat Louisville. Texas over Oklahoma. In this case, Alabama loses and Oregon loses. Who's your Who's your four? The, what I think the committee or mine? Or the committee's four. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. So what I think the committee will do is I think they'll keep Georgia at number one. I think that's their that they've already said that with a win that's not going to change. They'll keep Michigan at two. That's not going to change with the win. Although, yeah, no, it's not going to change with the win. Washington beating Oregon. That's they're not going to move them up or down. I don't think. I think they're going to keep them at three. And then what I think the committee will do is they'll just keep they'll keep Florida State at four. So that's the only really case that nothing happens. Okay. So that's that's that one. That one's kind of boring, huh? What, what's your in that case? What's your four? Well, my top four would be uh, I would I still think Michigan is the number one team in the country. That wouldn't change with the win. Uh, Georgia would stay at number two. That wouldn't change with the win. Uh, Washington, in my opinion, I think Oregon's better, but they would have proved me wrong in saying that. They're the best. They beat me twice. That that would I would slide Washington up to four and mine three, and then I think Texas with the Big Twelve championship, uh, Alabama's loss doesn't help, but losing to Georgia is not the worst thing. So I I would move Texas up to four. Yeah, and, and Alabama loss hurts Texas a little bit. But as you said in the beginning, we talked about this may come down to with the committee of Florida State Texas resume if both teams win. So and you chronicled the back end for us early on. Uh, with with some examples. Okay, so that's we gave you four chaos scenarios. You handle those seamlessly. Now I want to get your prediction. So uh, based on the games this weekend, go through each game. You don't have to give details, but who do you think wins the matchup? We'll start at the top with Georgia Alabama SEC championship. Who do you think comes out on top? I think Alabama upsets them. I think Alabama has been they they lost week one to Texas, a very good team. 
I think Alabama is going to beat Georgia. I think it's in it's in Atlanta, so it's kind of a neutral site. They're both equally the same. No, it's in it's in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a neutral site. I think Alabama beats them. I think Georgia, when they have struggled, they struggle against a quarterback that can run, like uh, Jalen Hurts or like a C.J. Stroud. He moved a lot in the game last year. When they have struggled, it's been against and Alabama's got their number a little bit. So I think Alabama wins that game. Uh, we'll go to number two, Michigan, Iowa. I think Michigan will beat Iowa. I think it'll be kind of close in the first quarter because they're both defensive teams. I think Michigan's going to end up pulling away like they usually do. I think Michigan's going to beat Iowa pretty convincingly because Iowa with a backup quarterback, because I believe Cade McAmeyer for his ACL and he's out for the season. That that's a big loss with the backup quarterback Iowa, whose offense wasn't very great to begin with. I don't think they can beat Michigan. And that, ironically, that was the quarterback prior to. Yeah, he's the Michigan. quarterback that beat Ohio State the first time. Okay, for Michigan. Okay, so number three, Washington, Oregon. Who you got with that? I got Oregon. I think Oregon is the better team. I think I do believe Washington beat the, did beat them before. It was in Washington. Uh, there was a couple of fourth down calls. Dan Lanning doesn't go for those two fourth down calls. They win the game most likely if they make both of those field goals. I think uh, if they make the field goal at the end, it goes into overtime. So I think Oregon's going to win that. I think Bo Nix is going to probably have the best game of his career tonight. He's just so the audience knows we've been we've been really pumping up the quarterback for Washington this year. He's thrown he has, he's had a great senior year transfer from Indiana. Um, so Michigan is familiar with him um, if they if they have to match up. However, uh, Bo Nix is now the leading passer in the country. He's thrown at almost an 80% clip. Uh, he's the leading in terms of passing yards. And he has, I don't want to say, I guess quietly because of the East Coast bias, the SEC bias. But if you haven't watched him play, and as I said, Tanner's wearing the Bo Nix jersey today, the Auburn version, when he wasn't completing 80%. He did complete 80% there, but it was to the other team, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, But he's a Bo Nix jersey, so he's a big fan of him. We love Bo Nix. I think he's a great player. Going to be a great NFL quarterback, I think. So you got them. So number four right now, Florida State, Louisville. Who do you got there? I think Louisville will upset Florida State. I think with Jordan Travis being out, I think for the rest of the season, Louisville is going to come come in, and I think they're going to upset Florida State. I don't see Florida State being able to move the ball. I think Louisville's got a pretty good pass rush. They got great pass rushers. I think Florida State's going to struggle. I don't think they're they're going to struggle to put points on the board. It's going to be a low scoring game, but I do think they're going to struggle to put points on the board. Now, shocked Louisville lost to Kentucky, but uh, Mark Stoops, very good coach. Kentucky underachieved a lot this year. I think they ended up just a shade over 500, maybe 6 and 6 or 7 and 6. Um, they were predicted to be a top 10 team early on. So, uh, not a bad loss in theory, but a bad loss as far as the record goes. So, bad timing, too, for Louisville. Um, okay, last one we're going to look at is Texas, Oklahoma State. Texas lost to Oklahoma early. Uh, they did beat Oklahoma State. Uh, Texas did already this year. Uh, you know, I think Gundy's done a phenomenal job. Sarkeesian's done a phenomenal job. I think both of those coaches are great. Tech, Oklahoma State has been the most vocal about Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12. Um, so wh- wh- who do you think wins this one? I think I think Texas will win this one. I think they have the better players. I think I don't, I don't want to compare coaches. I think they're both great coaches. But they do have the better roster. They have the more athletic. They have the better quarterback. I think Texas wins this one in a close one. I don't think Oklahoma State's going to give it to them. But Oklahoma State does have a chance to beat both of those teams in one season and win the Big 12, which would be a pretty big 
uh, year for them with them both going to the SEC. With Texas leaving the SEC, uh, Big 12 on a championship, I think it's going to happen. And I think they're going to go to the SEC with the Big 12 championship. Yeah, I've been super impressed by what he's done there. And, of course, they have the money to, to go get players. Okay, so with your scenario now, the chaos that we've created with your scenario, we have th- th- that doesn't match any of the four that we picked. So based on your scenario, an Oregon win, an Alabama win, a Michigan win, a Louisville win, and a Texas win, what would the committee, what, what do you think, what do you predict the committee would pick your four to be? Well, the committee, I think, would put Michigan at number one. I think they slide up to number one. I think the committee would jump, uh, would jump Oregon all the way to two. I think that that's what, uh, that's what they'll do. I think Pac-12 champion, they avenge their only loss. I think a one-loss Pac-12 champion will be at number two in the country. Um, Alabama, I think, will go up to number three. I think they, they will jump all the way up to number three. I think that they will jump, uh, they will slide Georgia down. To number four, I think they're gonna have. Uh, and there's only one undefeated team in the uh, playoff in that scenario. And that's Michigan. So, so in that case, we see we have seen that four before by the committee with a different scenario: Michigan, Georgia, first round matchup, Oregon, Alabama. Um, I'd love to see them in that case. I would hope that they would um, maybe move Alabama to four. But again, that head to head, you know, that they've proven. But then again, you look at Texas one in your scenario, right? Uh, yeah. And you think they're gonna, they're they're they've got it out for Texas. So, so if they're not gonna reward Texas in the Texas Alabama case, maybe they don't reward Georgia Alabama. Maybe maybe they put Georgia three and Alabama four. Much better matchup for Michigan, I think. Yeah, that's a much better matchup. Okay, so that's I'm 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 gonna go against you just with that one flip right there. I'm gonna say they they either move um, Alabama, they move Georgia down to one to two. And then Alabama to four and Oregon to three. So it's a Georgia-Oregon matchup. What, however you flip-flop that, Oregon-Georgia and Alabama-Michigan. So I agree with your four. I disagree with the order that that's what they'll do. Uh, but that's uh, that just creates a, a different matchup for Michigan. So what would your top four be in your scenario, given those same wins and losses? Well, my top four would be um, Michigan. I think that would not change, especially with the Georgia loss. Um, number two would be Oregon. I ha- had them at number three. But them Georgia losing would jump them up to number two for me. Um, Texas at number three. I think them beating Alabama would prove that they're better than Alabama. I would hope that's for me. Um, I think Alabama would jump all the way up to four. I think you gotta have the SEC champion in there if they have one loss. If they had two losses, it's a discussion. But one loss, you can't keep the SEC champion out. But you you will keep Georgia out in that case. They lost the championship game. No. Number one has ever dropped out of the top four before. That doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, but you're justifying it by you're you're going back to deserving, saying Alabama beat Georgia, Texas beat Alabama. So if Alabama gets in, you got to drag Texas in above them, and that just leaves the one spot. And you think Oregon is that good, number two in the country? I do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And no chance that you think they they move Georgia just down one spot and uh, in there and and reward Georgia over in Oregon or Texas. Or no, that's you, by the way. That's you. You wouldn't do that. I would not do okay, that. No, okay. because I think uh, Georgia, they have not. I don't think they have a very impressive win. You point to their top ten win against Missouri. I don't think Missouri's a top ten win, as I said. I don't think Ole Miss is a top fifteen team. I think they're like seventeen, eighteen, and I don't think Tennessee should be ranked. So that's like their big wins are teams that are 
wildly overrated, and I think that's what's going to help them slide in that four spot or even two spot. So, so you, I, I love what you did. You, you, you created the chaos. You were very good impromptu. You said uh, you gave the committee's decisions, and then you gave yours. What's the biggest difference between the way the committee picks and the way you think you pick? Well, I would like to think that I pick the four best teams in all of these scenarios when it comes down to it. Even, I, even with your Michigan hat on, you're saying that? Yes, because okay. I think Michigan is the best. Um, the most deserving, I would say, is what the committee will do. I think the committee has done it, and I think there's no reason they would stop doing it. Uh, I think they're going to point to the deserving over best, as they've done with Cincinnati, as they've done with TCU, and as I think they'll do with Florida State. So in closing here now with you, we've gone through the scenarios. We've got the Heisman Trophy coming up. We don't have a lot of time left, so we'll be real quick with it. That Heisman Trophy started with Kalen Williams. He basically he was they handed it to him the first game of the year. He's not even on the ballot anymore. We've seen a lot of good players come through. I would say, is this weekend where you think the Heisman moment comes out? Is this where, where it usually is? Yeah, I think the Heisman this week is the one who's going to decide the Heisman specifically tonight when it comes to Penix versus Knicks. So Penix and Knicks, you think, are the front runners for the Heisman. Is there a close third in your mind? Uh, Jaden Daniels actually is number two in the odds in front of Michael Penix. But I think if Michael Penix has a great game, he's going to jump Daniels and he's going to jump Knicks. So. And then but maybe with the voting, the two of those may cancel each other too, being West Coast guys. Although Knicks does have Southeastern ties, so he may he may rival Daniels. That's where I think Daniels may win out. But what's your who's your prediction for the Heisman? My prediction for the Heisman is Bo Nix. I think he's going to have a great game tonight. I think, as I've said, I think Oregon will win. I think they'll both have great games, but I think Nix will win it. I think he'll stay at number one in the Heisman. I, I'm glad that he's ending his career the way he has because when we watched him at Auburn, we got a chance to see him in person. Uh, storied high school quarterback, Alabama kid. His father was a quarterback at Auburn. Just didn't work out there for him. Gus Malzahn was, was the head coach at that time. But um, just goes to show you with the quarterback position, there's so many misevaluations of it. I think probably because we have such an inertia for immediate success with the quarterback that we don't allow him time to develop. And Bo Nix, to this day, he's a, it's in his sixth year. Yeah. And he's started more games than any quarterback in the history of college football. So it took him a little bit to get going, but you know everybody develops in their own time. And, boy, he's phenomenal. I'm, I know he's not on a lot of first-round uh, mock drafts right now, but I think after this weekend, if he does play in the senior bowls, <clears throat> I can't see this kid not going in the first round. So I know a lot of Giant fans are hoping he ends up in New York. So in closing, how do you want to leave it, Tanner? What do you, what do you, uh, what are you going to be watching tomorrow, Sheriff? What are you watching tonight and tomorrow? Well, tonight I'm going to be watching Oregon Washington. That's probably the best game of the weekend. Um, tomorrow at noon, I'm probably going to be watching the Big 12 championship, Texas Oklahoma State. And then it picks up at 3.30. You got Alabama-Georgia, which could be the best game of the weekend. Depends on how it goes. And then at night, I'm going to be watching the Big Ten Championship, Michigan-Iowa. That's I'm, I think Michigan's going to win that, but it has a chance to be interesting. And hey, it's Michigan, so you got to watch it. You have to watch it. Yeah, we get a steady diet of Harbaugh with the football of Michigan and then Baltimore when they're on here. So, well, great show again. Episode 369 on Real Voices of the Game. This is the sauce. This is what your third episode? Yeah. The sauce, fourth college football selection show. We took the first week to digest it. Wasn't a lot to talk about there. Pretty obvious what they were doing. Rewarding, they just put them in categories, no losses, one, two. Uh, and you told me your theory, you'd be in your AD's office buying out all those tough non-conference games because they're not going to reward them. As they said, goes back to your theory of inconsistency. 
Thanks to the fans. You guys know what to do. Help us battle the al- algorithms out there in the podcast world with your stars and with your comments. Also, Blackout Coffee, capital D-A-V-I-D, all cap, David20. We'll get you your discount. We appreciate you guys supporting our podcast. Be awake, not woke. Uh, as far as stocking stuffers, we're pumping Ted Kubiak here. We love him. He's a three-time world champion, one of our most faithful listeners here on the show. If you're getting a stocking stuffer for a baseball lover, Old School by Ted Kubiak, uh, we'll put his uh, website in our show notes. And also, he's got a nice manual on how to field a baseball. Totally different than what you've ever done. The most comprehensive way to field the ball. Ted was as good as they get. So intuitive. He's been able to capture it in words. He's going to capture it in a children's book next. Should be out this January. So thanks to Ted for his support. So we support him. With that, Tanner, great show, buddy. Thanks for your time today. Uh, thanks for having another episode of The Sauce for me. And hopefully we continue with the one-day contract. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We got some good ratings by our fans. So uh, fans, if you want them back, rate them again. Rate them high. Thanks, Tanner. I got the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. Who made the sauce? I got the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. 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 I got the sau